Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that's right, my friends. You've tuned in to America's Home for Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, and I want to get to something today. Now that it's Friday, I try to do that. I'm not always good at doing that, but I try to get to stuff that we've hit on or that I've... Sometimes I've got a... You know, you have the, the stack of stuff for the week. And then you've got the stack of stuff you didn't get through that week that you want to get through before the you know the calendar turns and it's a new week because heaven only knows what's going to happen um, over over this weekend. Of course, we've got um, Jesse Smollett who is has been found guilty, so there's that going on. I don't want to talk too much about that, although it is patently absurd and ridiculous. Um, just what happen in that situation um fabricating a hate crime um <laughs> i just i don't even know it's at times what to say about certain things but some folks have i guess too much time and too much hatred on their hands but anyway that's what's happening and uh that, that that's happened as of yesterday but i want to um, start today by touching on something that i've or talking more in detail, I should say, about something we, we've touched on. And this is this Dana Milbank piece. This re- <laughs> this really has me... Uh, what's the word I want to say? It has me... Not perplexed, because I know who these, these people are. It's just... It's bold. It's bold for these folks, the media, to come at, uh, come at us with something like this. Because this is so preposterous... I don't even know at some point what to say about it, and I mentioned it earlier in the week, but I think it's important enough to go through this a little bit, and so we're going to do that here today. By the way, if you have other thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, anything of the sort, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com is our email. I welcome emails, and I do my best to get back uh, to each and every email. I'm not perfect with that, but um, I welcome it. So let's look at this piece. It's an it's an opinion piece. It was written um, a week about a, well a week ago. Opinion piece titled "The Media Treats Biden as Badly as or Worse than Trump." Here's proof. Dana Milbank. Now, what's research? What's made this move back to the top of my pile and the stack of stuff is that I watched a stupid. Of course, the stupid part goes without saying when I tell you what I watched. I watched Joy Reid, right? MSNBC's Morning Joy. I, I, I know that's her name, but I have never seen anything remotely close on that program to what I would even think about calling Joy um, as far as the, the emotion or uh, just the concept of, of what Joy is. Um, but Joy Reid was talking about it, and I'm not going to play what she said, um, I've, I've considered it. Uh, but basically, let me just summarize. She's she's mad at the media. Joy Reid is mad at the media, which is, I mean, 
I don't want to say I'm mad. I'm not like, I just know who the media is. I don't trust most of the media. I know that most of the media, just like you know, most of the media, um, is, well, they're they're opinion writers. They're they're not they're not media. They're engaged in trying to cause the American people to reach a certain conclusion, and that conclusion is that America bad, socialism good, Democrats great, Trump Hitler. Right, I mean that's effectively it, and you can you can fill in other words and phrases and so forth as well. But that's it in a nutshell. But she's mad. Joy Joy reads mad at the media because um, she thinks the media she thinks the media has not been taking Donald Trump. Donald Trump, former president, doesn't even have any political power. She's still mad that the media has uh, I guess hasn't tried to destroy him, which I think. In what universe does one have to live to think that the media has been too soft on Trump or hasn't taken him seriously enough? Now, you could make the case prior to the 2020 election, uh, excuse me, 2016 election, that the media did not take Trump seriously at first. In fact, I remember Ann Coulter being on Bill Maher's show, and Bill Maher posed the question, who's going to be the uh, Republican nominee? And Ann Coulter said... Donald Trump, and she was mocked and ridiculed and laughed at. The audience was mocking her and laughing and so forth. But turns out she was right, and all those clowns that were joking um, ended up having a president of the United States that they thought wouldn't even be the nominee. So I get that the media uh, certainly went through their phase, but this is this is kind of how people respond in general. At first, you ignore something, and then you you know, kind of mock it and joke about it um, as it as it begins to rise in pop- popularity, or at least these professional sophists. Then they see that they've got a real problem on their hands, and they try to go after it. Then they try to destroy it, not even annihilate it, not even destroy. It. I mean, totally annihilate to where there's nothing left at all of uh, whatever their target is. In this case, President Trump. But Joy Reid and these delusional. Um, monologues that I listen to from uh, of her from time to time. She believes that the media has not been tough enough or that the media has been kind of considering Trump not that serious of a threat and we should laugh and mock it, you know, laugh at and mock him. Um, the problem <laughs> the problem is is that that does not of course stand up to scrutiny. She made the comparison she said the American media, uh, during the time of Adolf Hitler, uh, dismissed him as a joke. In fact, she says here that similarly, Adolf Hitler was dismissed as a joke, a nonsensical stretcher of wild words, according to Newsweek at the time. This is what she says. American press outlets predicted Hitler would be outplayed by traditional politicians, she says, or would become more moderate. In other words, they got it wrong. Well, we can agree on this. The media got it wrong in the 1930s, and the media gets it gravely wrong today as well. It is who they are, part and parcel of what they go about doing. That being said, oh, she ends by... <laughs> she ends... She ends... Anytime I see this, I can't even say this with a straight face. She says, now fast forward to the current day, and we're seeing a similar pattern emerge when it comes to the threat of 
guess when it comes to the threat, I guess of is missing there. Trump's big lie. The big lie. Oh, the big lie. I just, I, 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 that is funny to me. That does deserve to be mocked. But anyway, so she's upset. And then she references, she's upset at the media. She references this piece because she says, hey, here's, a, here's someone that agrees with me. Dana Milbank, Washington Post, a delusional editorial radical leftist, writes that the media doesn't just treat uh, Biden poorly. The media treats Biden as badly or as wor- or worse than it treated President Trump. And he's got, he's got proof. So he lists some headlines. And I want to read a couple of these headlines to you. Let the Democratic freakout begin. Oh, <gasps> my goodness. Dems start to face the hard questions. These are considered, this is what he's, cons- I am not making this up. I am reading. Those are the first two headlines uh, from, excuse me, I should say, those are headlines from political uh, Politico's Playbook Newsletter. Right, So he's saying that these headlines are equivalent to what the media put President Donald Trump through. I kid you not. Does the White House owe Larry Summers an apology? Oh, my goodness. The amount of negative negative press here is unbelievable. The other big intra-democratic fight. He's serious about this. White House braces for a bad CBO score. (gasps) Oh. Biden dithers. (laughs) Biden tries to calm nerves about 2024. These, I'm sorry, but the idea that this is remotely close to the media headlines about President Trump is is either willingly ignorant or and delusional, or um, I, I I don't even know what to say. I mean, he's either willingly misrepresenting this. To try to make a case that we should, you know, to try to help Biden out, or he's so deep in the mumbo jumbo um, that the left believes, so blinded by their rage and hatred and so forth that he can't see reality. Trump was compared to Hitler. Trump, I mean, we had we had a person on the was she on the cover of Newsweek, um, the lady holding Trump's head like she was a member of ISIS, Kathy. Kathy Griffin, Newsweek, I think. Haas doesn't know. I feel like it was, I don't know. It was on a cover of a magazine, right? Or was it just used that I see it on social? It was published a lot of places, right? Kathy uh, Griffin doing her best ISIS interpretation or uh, imitation, holding President Trump's severed head. Not just some cartoonish sort of thing, right? Remember the same folks that get mad at uh, <laughs> conservatives or uh, kids on college campuses today who chant "Let's go Brandon," which, by the way, I saw. I saw there's been three thousand pounds. Don't ask me why they measured it in this particular way, but three thousand pounds of "Let's Go Brandon" Christmas paper, Christmas wrapping paper, sold to date. Thir- uh, three thousand pounds, <laughs> and I, I shared that with my wife earlier and said, "I I just I love this." I mean that. That's just funny. That is not I mean, you, you can wrap your gifts in Let's Go Brandon and just have a little fun. I'm not saying, look, you don't have to say the real phrase. I'm not endorsing that. I'm just simply saying people are upset. They're making wrapping paper. That's what we're dealing with today. When Trump was president and the media I mean the media called him every conceivable name in the entire <laughs> in the book and then some. I mean, they were on a 
personal mission to take care of this guy, to get rid of him. So not only that, but Dana Milbank goes to the trouble of hiring um, some sort of a analysis uh, firm or a research firm that goes through, and they go through what they call a sentiment analysis using algorithms that give weight to certain adjectives based on their placement in the story. And it rated, I'm reading here from the article, the coverage of Biden, the coverage that Biden received in the first 11 months of 2021 and the coverage President Trump got in the first 11 months of 2020. The findings, he writes, painstakingly assembled by fiscal note Vice President Bill Frischling confirmed my fear my colleagues in the media are serving as accessories to the murder of democracy. I I guess being negative on, on Biden. Now, there's a couple points I want to make about this. And I'm not going to go through the rest of this stupid article, but I just, it is so illustrative to me. It's so illustrative. They, they've gone through the gamut. They've, they have, you know, gone through the period where Biden had his honeymoon phase. They asked him about his favorite flavor of ice cream. Um, they tried to, you know, make him more likable. Like this is, this is just grandpa up here, you know, all those sorts of things. And, done things like had the Biden family's first decoration of the White House. Yee, by the way. I don't even get into that stuff. But to, but to compare what Melania's White House looked like to this, I mean, it, it's truly laughable. It really is. It is weirdoville over there compared to the traditional, you know, elegance of, of the White House before. I, my point in pointing that out is saying they're out of things to do here. They... People are chanting, let's go Brandon, everywhere that they go. Biden's falling asleep at the, where did he fall asleep? One of the, uh, somewhere in Europe, it's, I can't remember what it was. Um, but you know what I mean. These these events, um, Biden reads the teleprompter and says, like, next page or end quote or some silly thing whenever he's talking at the teleprompter. Um, he just had a nominee who has been removed, thank goodness. We were literally about to have a communist in charge of banking in this country. Sounds like a perfect ideal made in heaven for the radical left. But they're out of ways to defend this guy. They're really out of ways to defend this guy. So they're going to the media and they're saying, it's it's you guys. You guys. And it's so subtle, right? I mean, American people just aren't aware of how negative you are on President Biden. So... I want to talk about that really quickly next break because another thing I've got to do today, and I look forward to it, is um, having a, sharing a conversation I had with Matt Lamb of the College Fix, which he comes on here about once a month, but it's been a little bit of time since he's been on. So we'll have some things going on on college campuses that we he and I talk about as well. Um, but I want next segment really quickly to just differentiate between, between some things I think are critically important. And we'll do that when we get back, my friends. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's really quickly here just go through a couple of things. Um, Differences, right? We're talking about media coverage. Dana Milbank thinks that Trump was treated better in the media 
than President Biden. And he's studied, he's had people, professionals, you can't argue with science. See, this is what, this is one of the points I want to make with this. First of all, you can make statistics say anything that you want. Number number one, right? I mean, I don't say anything that you want, but you can make a statistic say something it really doesn't necessarily mean. That's important to point out. Number number two, there's a difference between a media that is trying to spin everything that you do negatively and you just being a president who's presiding over a bunch of negativity and what's the media supposed to do, Right. So Biden, I mean, just look at the facts. Trump came into office. Things changed for the better immediately for this country in a lot of ways. Economically, uh, just the the, the level of bureaucracy was cut. Um, We had someone in there that eventually nominated Supreme Court justices who actually had this novel concept that they're going to interpret the Constitution instead of just make it up on, on the fly as they go based upon what their desires are. And and you go on and on about the positive things that that Trump did. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. There's literally no positive. There's no positive news for Biden. So number one, or I guess I'm on number two or two two B now. If Biden, you can't compare. If you're comparing the media coverage of the positive things Trump did with the media coverage of the negative things that Biden is doing, um, you. Obviously, can see that there's a difference there, right? Um, I, I don't know how else to say that. If you're going to say the media, the me, put another way, this is what Milbank is saying: the media was just barely more negative on all the negative things that happened to Biden, or the, the negative things that Biden has ushered in and the Democrat Party. They were just barely more negative, based upon his crazy criteria, than the media was on President Trump who ushered in a lot of good things for this nation. But think about it that way, because that is that is a part of it. But another part of this is something I alluded to earlier, that they, the Democrats, they'll go and find someone, and they'll, they'll say this person is an expert, right? This person is so smart, whatever they say, we just got to believe. What do you believe is the case? Is President Trump a, a fascist? Yep. Well, see, the experts agree President Trump's a fascist. This is how they – and then they'll do some research. or they'll, they'll hire some kook research lab or whatever, scientific study group, uh, some group of people that are probably on a blue ribbon commission somewhere who are tasked with just a, being oh so objective, oh so objective and just focused on the data and the science and truth and – course they always say things that favor the democrat party and the democrat party's agenda and they attack the republican party the republican party's agenda and then they dare you to try to disagree with them but what's funny to me is see these experts if you this is a pretty uh, i think a very good rule to follow if anyone is ever a self-appointed expert and they tell you something and it doesn't make sense to you don't let them talk down to you and say that you're too stupid if they cannot explain it to you, they don't know what the heck they're talking about. This is the way I look at this. If you can't explain, if something is true, and if you can't explain it to someone who's maybe not as smart as you, then you know what? You're not telling me the truth. And you know what else? You don't know what you're talking about. 
That's the way I look at this. And this is this is why they want to bring the experts in because they think it it takes away some of the desire for people to to raise questions because hey, the experts have spoken. Dana Bill, Dana Milbank hired professionals. That's what these folks do. But my question is, what do these folks really do? Do they look for objective lessons and then share that with the American people or or do they use their position and authority to further a political agenda? That's a very fair question. That's a very fair question. I have a lot more to say about this, but I just I can't. I just think of all the things I've read and seen lately, this is the <laughs> this is the stupidest. It really is. This is the dumbest analysis I have read in some time. And you know it when I first read the headline. You know, you just know from living it that the four years of Trump, <laughs> the media coverage of Trump, I mean, it's beyond preposterous to compare these two and to even suggest or to state that the media was harder on Biden than Trump. That is beyond idiotic to say. And methodology matters. What are they, what are they counting as negative coverage? I mean, if those headlines that I read to you last segment are what is considered a negative negative coverage in the media, um, then I would like to see what the headlines are we're comparing them against for Trump. Headlines comparing him to Hitler, calling him a fascist, saying that he's trying to kill democracy, right? I mean, these stupid headlines that said that Trump lied 70, <laughs> to 75% of the time or whatever Joy Behar tried to tell us recently was – uh, was one of the ways that she interpreted that. But the point is, this is stupid. <laughs> and you know better. I know better. People with sense know better. We saw, we paid attention, and we realized just how terrible these radical leftists are in their, uh, in their quest to deceive the American people, protect their guy at all costs, protect their ideas. I mean, they're, they're good at that. I got to give them that. But it's preposterous. I mean, th this is something that should never be taken seriously for one one millionth of a millisecond. This guy should be embarrassed to even written these words. I got to take a break. Got to take a break. When we get back, we're going to listen uh, to Matt Lamb talk to us about some of the things happening on college campuses today. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends. I It's been a while. It's been a while since we have had our next guest on the program. Some things happening in uh, both with our show but also in his personal life. We've got Matt Lamb, assistant editor of The College Fix, to talk about some of the crazy things happening on college campuses today. Matt, welcome back to the program. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thanks for thanks for having me. And as you alluded to, I have a, I have a newborn now, so... Uh, I'm not on a criminal trial or any other thing like that with a personal life problem. <laughs> so it's right. good news. So. <laughs> well, if I, did, if I said problem, I didn't mean problem. I just put some, some changes happening there. So yeah. that's, that's a tremendous blessing and um, congratulations on that. And Thank uh, you. little ones are such a blessing as we've kind of talked about off air, but I appreciate you coming back. So you've, you've shared with me some of the, uh, some articles that you, uh, the college fixes, uh, written lately. One of these I have a particular interest in, and this is this uh, ongoing saga uh, involving the life of Kyle Rittenhouse and his college enrollment uh, at 
Arizona, what ASU, Arizona State University, correct? Correct. Arizona State University is is an online student. So tell us what's going on there with with Kyle Rittenhouse and students there and and all of that. Sure. So uh, during his trial, um, which was in um, October and November, um, I think it's, no, sorry, November, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who was defending himself during Black Lives Matter um, protests, um, in August 2020 in Kenosha, you know, people may not remember all that. Um, so he was on trial. He was acquitted of, um, I guess, homicide, reckless endangerment, basically because he used his AR, he used an AR-15 to defend himself. Mm-hmm. And he said during his trial that he was enrolled as a student at Arizona State University. Um, obviously, uh-huh. online, the trial was in Wisconsin. And the socialist students at ASU um, want him off campus. They, they chant, you know, they had a killer Kyle off our campus. He already is off campus. He's an online student. And right now he's not even still enrolled. Uh, he's taking a break or something like that. But they, uh, yeah, they held a protest. They were shaking. You know, said ASU shame on you. Um, they also said, I'm looking at some of these videos that they said, Kyle killed black and brown people. They didn't, he killed two white people, one of whom, had a felony for strangling his wife and another one who was a child rapist. And then he shot a third person who didn't die. He's recovering and, and has some questionable history of his own. Yeah. Who had um, his bicep vaporized as I learned from the trial. Right. <laughs> right. So, so they're taking their cues. I mean, from what they've heard in the, the mainstream media, I mean, this is how this was discussed in the media at large, and I'm reading some of the poll quotes here. I watched some of these videos. We can't play the audio <laughs> on some of these um, sound bites simply because yeah. they're dropping f bombs and everything. But um, they are saying things like he's a white supremacist killer, he's a vigilante, and referencing the killing of black and brown people, which black uh, and black and brown people, which of course is not what happened in this particular this particular case. So I. You know, you listen to this. Well, what's what's behind this? I mean, is it uh, is it rage? Is it just uh, repeating what they've heard? Is it just uh, biting and, and swallowing the narrative in whole? What what is what fuels this? Right. I think it's really just it's they they you know they know okay this happened at Black Lives Matter protest uh, riot you know however you want to say it. Um, and it's, there's really just a lot of misinformation out there. I mean, um, I should have sent you these articles too, but, you know, there's journals of Professor Nicole Hannah-Jones slash, you know, uh, early American historian, oh, yes. Nicole Hannah-Jones, Pulitzer Prize winner. And she was spreading falsehoods too. And, and, you know, I don't know if these people specifically follow her, but I think it's safe to say the media had a lot of misinformation out there. You know, people were claiming that he traveled across state lines with a gun, and that's mm-hmm. not true. The, the Air 15 never drove itself. Um, it never left Wisconsin. Um, they they claim that he, uh, you know, illegally owned this gun. That's not true. His friend bought the gun. Um, during the trial, the judge ruled that he legally could own the gun. They actually had to drop one of those charges. So I think it's just a lot of misinformation. Um, it's just, it's, we could just say it's, it's pure sloth. It's pure or slow, pure laziness. Um, they didn't, they didn't look into, you know, spending five minutes looking up what actually happened. And look, they can, they can debate about was he justified in using self-defense, sure. but there, no one disputes that he, I mean, he didn't kill any black or brown people. He killed 
two white people, one of whom there's an earlier video of one of the white people, Joseph Rosenbaum saying, shoot me N word, um, with an, with an, at the end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that guy kind of seems like a white supremacist to me. So I I would think they would be happy that he, he took out a white supremacist and child. Well, and, and you're, you're applying logic here, which of course we know they don't function within that realm, but uh, you know, these are, some of these groups are socialist groups and, I see some of these folks in the crowd. Um, one of these students, presumably a student here, is holding a sign that says "Death to America." And and, and I think to me this is kind of the starting point. They all they needed to hear was uh, "White guy, Black Lives Matter," uh, which peaceful protest, even though buildings were blazing and all sorts of things were happening. But this is this was the narrative and and gun right AR fifteen America. Uh, is 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 this uh, renegade crazy nation that um, has these things called guns? All these sophisticated, peaceful, um, utopian European countries do not. This is uh, this is, I think, at the foundation. They they have this disdain and extreme hatred for this country to the point where they really uh, seek to dismantle it as it is built and as it was created by our founders and replace it with something altogether different. Thoughts about that? Right. Um, and right. I mean, really, this is about the right to, to defend yourself, um, the right to use to use force um, when you're when you when you for your life. Um, one of the people he he shot that we're talking about, Gage Ghostcrit, you know, he he uh, he had a pistol on him, mm-hmm. which he was actually not legally carrying during the trial. He said he had a permit for the handgun, but it wasn't active, which is like me saying I have a Virginia driver's license. Like, sure, I possess it, but it's not it's not valid. So I don't really have it mm-hmm. uh, in a legal sense. And yeah, I mean, I really think it's about the right to self-defense the right to own guns. Um, you know, certainly Kyle is a, you know, comes from a white, um, working class family, you know, some, some, you know, kind of a broken family. We kind of know those things. He was really interested in, you know, being a paramedic. Um, he was in like a police cadet program. So he really represents everything. And, you know, he had a black rifle coffee shirt on in one photo. He really represents everything these students, um, don't like, right. Which is, you know, Midwestern white male who's interested in, you know, being a first responder and, and, you know, he was there to protect a business by the way of a, of an Indian family, um, uh, of a, you know, from India. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then, and he, he was just defending his life and, and trying to, you know, keep, you know, he had family in Kenosha. His dad lived in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. So he, he was, he was doing what I think what we should encourage people to do is take an interest in, in their community and, you know, standing up for businesses and their fellow, you know, citizens. Yeah, exactly. And and this sort of behavior is it's not just um, <clears throat> reserved for Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, these sorts of behaviors and actions have uh, taken place all over the country, right? I mean, at different college campuses, and not just ca- college campuses, but in the streets of any any major city or what have you. But um, it it. it goes outside of that. I saw one of the stories, I wasn't planning on getting to this one, but since we've kind of uh, specifically talked about just the response of uh, students on campus, we got, uh, what, what happened with Matt Walsh? He was speaking at a uh, an event on, or planning to speak at an event at one of these colleges. What happened there? 
Yeah, so Matt Walsh is with the Daily Wire. He's very outspokenly pro-life, um, you know, very critical of gender ideology. Um, he, he's, he's a Catholic. And he was going to speak at St. Louis University, which is a Catholic school. And uh, he got canceled from one location on campus. Then actually the church, the Catholic church on campus, said he could speak there. Then the priest, um, you know, said without providing any examples that, you know, Matt Walsh was too critical or, or was offensive or something to the, you know, the LGBT and the, and the mm-hmm. immigrant communities and, and all that. And he actually, I mean, he holds the same position on life and marriage and gender that the Catholic church holds. Yes. I mean, he's a Catholic. He's a, he, he is an actual devout Catholic. And, 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 and using that term, not ironically, like is used with other people. Um, yeah, like and, but, but finally he, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but finally he did have it. I think it was on campus and it was, it was packed. They had hundreds of people and, you know, basically he was targeted for cancellation because he, you know, stands up for the traditional family, not just marriage, but, um, you know, he's critical of feminism. Um, he's critical of abortion, um, gender ideology. He actually just released a children's book, um, making mm-hmm. fun of transgenderism. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's really quite, it's really quite sad. Um, but it, you know, I watched the video of the event and it looked like it went really well. And so I'm glad he, he didn't back down. You know, sometimes we see, I think conservatives kind of grovel and, you know, apologize for their past comments, but you know, he, he spoke the truth and, and he, he stood by it. It was just, he was basically been just reading from the catechism of the Catholic church, right. Mm-hmm. Or like a, a Catholic instruction book. Um, and so, and so I'm glad he, he stood up and it's disappointing to see St. Louis university, some officials and, and a priest there not um, support at least his right to to free speech, that's free right. expression. That's right. The, the wokeism is um, has infiltrated not just the media, not just academia, and it, it controls those institutions in a large part. But it's even infiltrated uh, churches um, and other other institutions that have been, yeah. you know. Uh, I don't want to say necessarily conservative, but you know, biblically based in a conservative sense, I suppose. Yeah, and and it's it's infiltrated all these places, and so for many of these folks, it becomes a contest to, you know, to to be the most woke or to you know to to show just how understanding you are to quote unquote marginalized communities, whatever those are deemed to be, by the next uh, you know in the next media article or whatever. But this happens all over the place, and I appreciate you sharing this with us. If folks want to know more about what's going on on college campuses and education today, how can they hear about that, Matt? Sure. So you can go to thecollegefix.com, um, sign up for our emails. We're on Rumble, Instagram now, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, Telegram, all of those platforms. Usually it's just at the College Fix or at College Fix something like that and um and our emails are on there so please feel free if you ever see anything going on on a college campus um you know feel free to send it to us we'd be happy to take a look and you know we're always always happy to for different leads like that there's so many things going on so Mm -hmm. so having some some help from from readers is always great to make sure we you know are covering all the different events and controversies well that's that's an important point so if if anyone out there listening today is a student or maybe you're a parent of a student and you know some of these things happening at your uh, at your son or daughter's university, what have you, uh, reach out because these things need to be known and they're happening everywhere. We've got to fight back and part of fighting back is simply knowing what we're fighting against. So Matt, I appreciate what you do. Keep up the good work. Merry Christmas, my friend, and we'll talk again soon.
Thanks, you too, Todd. It's Matt Lamb, executive, excuse me, assistant director of the College Fix. Always good to have him. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. back my friends you know one other thing i want to touch on here as we get to the end of of the week is this this um hillary clinton teaching what is it a, a master class is that what it is hillary clinton teaching a master yeah master class um and during the master class you can't you can't make this up i i just and people treating this seriously, by the way. She would read her 2016 victory speech. Um, that, that was, I, I guess, was it part of this thing? I, I can't even keep all this stuff, um, you know, straight with, with what's just the silliness of this. But she read her victory speech. Of course, it wasn't a victory speech because she lost – of course, Trump colluded with Russia, we're supposed to believe. Anyway, she didn't even write, they say, a concession speech because the idea of losing was just not even possible. But they, they played this on The View. I don't have time to play this, but these women on The View gushed over this. Hillary, I mean, look, folks, I'm sorry. I, I think that the Clintons are not good people. I think that they are phony actors. I, I can remember back to the days when President Clinton, while leaving the funeral of Ron Brown, laughing and chatting it up with someone until he saw a camera, and then he started wiping his eyes like he had tears in his eyes. I also remember from 2016 when Hillary was announced as the Democrat nominee, she was staring at the balloons like a two-year-old stares at bubbles. Actually, an infant stares at bubbles. Remember that look on her face? It just totally, totally fake. There was some, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to accuse it. It just, none of this strikes me as genuine. Not at all. She's out there teaching a master class and reading her 2016 victory speech. Ah, oh, these people, too much. Quick time out, back in just a minute. <laughs> All right, my friends, unfortunately, that's all the time we have today and for the week. If you're not, you can always listen to our podcast, ToddHuffShow.com slash podcast. You can listen to episodes for free, and I welcome you, obviously, to check that out and to download those and catch up on anything you may have missed. Also, I want to mention yesterday, I mentioned that um, we are partnering with Shepherd Community for their annual Christmas store. If you want to participate, if you want to buy Christmas gifts that are available at that store for families in uh, the Shepherd Community family, go to shepherdcommunity.org slash Christmas hope, folks. Have a wonderful weekend. SDGC Monday. Take care.